And once we get that right, which is for me the most important thing, that they have, first of all, respect. The second one is commitment. The third one, passion. Those three ingredients are non-negotiable. Hello and welcome into the Non-Negotiable Podcast. I'm Gavin. I'm here tonight with Justin. How are you doing, Jazz? Hey. And uh, Paz, how are you doing? What's up, Gav? Good, good. Um, all right. So I figured today what we'll do is we'll take a look at the defensive half of the team, um, go through some players, how they did, give some ratings. We'll do the uh we'll do the attacking half of the team next week. Um, so we'll start off with the goalkeepers, defenders, and and defensive midfielders today. So um Judge, you want to kick us off with uh, a bit of Aaron Ramsdale? Uh, yeah, sure thing. Uh, so <clears throat> I will say I uh, I kind of did a like a like a like a bell curve grade for these guys. I um, I don't know if you guys just kind of kept it to a, a a letter scale or not, but I um, I kind of factored in each player's situation, you know, in the score that I gave them. Um, so I might have some different ones, but yeah, Ramsdale, I gave a B, um, a solid B. I mean, he saved our asses a couple times, but he let in some surprisingly easy goals throughout the season. Um, I think he's been a, a, a great addition. I love his connection to the fans. I love his, like, you know, his shithousery and banter, you know, he's still young for a keeper, so I'm sure he'll improve. Uh, but overall, yeah, I, I think he, he had a solid B for me and I'm, I, you know, he had a good season. <clears throat> Pass what you got for uh, Ramsdale? Well, uh, same as Justin, actually, I think B's, uh, B's fair. Um, I think he's um, definitely improved from the season before. He's young. There's so much time for him left to, to get even better, to be, for example, to be at that grade, I would say at, his age as a goalkeeper, I think, is a testament to him. So I, I think B's fair. I think that, like Justin said, there's been a few. I mean, the playing from the back, I think, is expected when you are having the pressures of playing at the back. But I think he's also made a few fumbles and um, mistakes, um, just general uh, in, in goal. But I, I think in, in an overall, um, I think he's had a, a really good season. So I, I, I would, I would go exactly as what Justin has given him. Yeah, and we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have a clean sweep of uh, of B's here. Um I mean he played every league game obviously and three in the Europa he's crucial to the way we play. I think he's starting position allows us to hold the high line. It allows us to get on the front foot, his ability with the ball at his feet to go short, to go long, left foot, right foot. It's just you know, we, we can play the way we can because we've got a goalkeeper like him and there's not many of them around. Um, he made some crazy saves, the Salawan at Anfield pass that we spoke about last week yeah. and, the, and the one from Bailey at, at Villa. Um, Spurs away were in a game that we dominated, yet shockingly, <laughs> we, he was a man of matching. So I think, you know, you, as you said, there were a couple of mistakes. I think Southampton at home is the one that really... Uh, really sticks out to everybody. Um, again, those like, you know, those like first minute goals, you know, he led in a few of those. And yeah, yeah, and, little, yeah. I mean, you know, my feeling on the plan out from the back, I never hammer anyone from that. Those things are just going to happen. 
Uh, but I think overall he, he had a he had a really good really good season. I, I think the reason it's a B for me and not an A is I just think there's more to come. Uh, I think he can be better than this right now. I think you can argue that he's the second best goalkeeper in the league. I think you've you you know Allison. I think he's he's clear at number one. Um, I think there's a couple that you can maybe argue with for the second best, but I think he's he's right in there. Um, so I do. I think there's there's more to come from him. Like you said, Jazz, he's young. He's gaining more experience all the time, and uh, let's let's hope it gets better next season because he's you know he's going to start next season as the number one again. So we'll uh, we'll hope he grows and goes on from there. Um, Juz, what do you have for uh, our American buddy Matt Turner? <clears throat> uh, so Turner, I gave a C minus, um, and I'll explain a little bit. Look, I think he's a, a a solid deputy, and I like the guy. He had some good performances. Uh, you know, his his first one was shaky, but I think he kind of you know got better from there. I think the reason my score is is a little is a little low is because I'd be really concerned if if Ramsdale got like a long term injury. Um, it may, and maybe it's just because you know he's just kind of you know a little inconsistent. He's been shaky and he's been solid, so um, he improved with his feet a lot, which I think is you know which is great, and. Um, I don't know. I think um, I'd rather swap to a goalkeeper that was a little more like Ramsdale, like a little better with his feet and who didn't take up uh, an international spot. But, uh, you know, overall, I, I, I like Turner, right? Pass. Uh, yeah, I like him too. I mean, I don't have any uh, qualms with him per se, but I'd probably um, be a little bit harsher maybe with a D. Um, uh, I, I think um when I have seen him, I've still got this uncertainty with him in goal. Um, it doesn't, um, you know, I don't, I, I don't get filled with a lot of confidence. Um, I think his commanding of the area is okay. Um, and I think um, his shot stopping is pretty good. Uh, distribution, meh. Um, so I, I, I would say, you know, it's like an average a D for me. Yeah, it's it's funny. Just you said you were a bit harsh on him, and, and me and Pass have both gone lower. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I've gone with a D as well. Um, part of it is that he just didn't play enough, and for an international goalkeeper, I just I, I don't know how he can continue to do this. He played five Europa League games and one FA Cup game. Um, he wasn't trusted to play the second leg against Sporting at home. Mm. He brought Ramsdale mm. back in for that, and that's one of the big reasons that I've graded him down because Arteta didn't feel that he was the right man for it. Um he had a he had a bad game. Was it his debut in Europe when he had a bad game when he let the he let an easy shot in and you know we've been talking about Harry's shot stopping was his strength. Um and I, I agree with you guys I don't think he's a bad goalkeeper. I think he's perfectly adequate as a second choice. Um but he is clearly second choice here and you know with what I just said about Ramsdale and how crucial he is to the way we play with his starting position and the way he can use the ball. Turner can't do that. And when you said that, you know, you'd be worried if Ramsdale was out, I think it would torpedo us because I just don't think that that we can play the same way with Matt Turner in goal. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but I do wonder if maybe, you know, he would kind of grow into like an Enkedia situation where, you know, he'd go, you, you never know anymore, you know, with these players, if he got like an extended run in the team. But yeah, I, I would definitely be uh, pretty scared about it. 
Pass, do you think just on just on Turner real quick? We know that mm. the US have a home World Cup in in twenty twenty six, right? And we've spoken about this before. I I honestly thought Turner would be itching to leave this summer because of how little football he's got. But he is still the US number one. They've just won the Nations League. He's going to be the number one for the Gold Cup. Do you think this is a case where he knows he can sit on the bench for one more season without it killing him internationally and he can go next season and he's still got two years before that World Cup? No, absolutely. I'm I'm pretty sure that is a, a primary reason. Um, it, the, the, you know, the pool of talent in certain areas with the US is not going to be as uh, profound as others. So I, I think definitely goalkeeper, it's nailed on, isn't it? He'll, he'll, he, he started in the um, recent Nations Cup um, and, and, and does a pretty good job for them. Um, you know, he's also, you know, playing for a team that's going to be in the Champions League. <laughs> Doubtful he will play, but at least there is the possibility if Ramsdale was injured, he could still feature in important games for us, like a team on the rise. So, yeah, I think... Holding out another year probably would be, or two, would be, I don't think would be that detrimental to him. Let me put it that way, especially from an international front. Yeah, just just to end this bit on, on Matt Turner, Judd, um, you, you obviously play closer attention to USMNT than, than we do. But is this just about the weakest pool of goalkeepers the USMNT has ever had? Because, you know, I remember back in the day, the US has always produced some decent goalkeepers, um, you know, from Casey Keller all the way through to, to Tim Howard. And there's always been some decent ones. And and now I just, I don't see it when I look around this this team, um, this this pool of players for the US. I, I, I think the goalkeeping situation is pretty dire. Um, and I, I think that's one of the reasons that he that he's sticking around as well, is that I don't think there's a serious challenger. You know, that's interesting. I've never really thought about that before. But yeah, like since I've been old enough to pay attention, you know, the U.S. has had, like you mentioned, Casey Keller, Brad Friedel, uh, Tim Howard. Um, I think the difference is, you know, we're being critical of Matt Turner with his feet a little bit. But I mean, he's he's pretty good with his feet for 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 a U.S., you know, a U.S. keeper, uh, maybe not as good as a shot stopper, not as commanding of his area as someone like Tim Howard was. But um, I think he's obviously not as good but i think he is a more of a modern goalkeeper and that that does help um <clears throat> but yeah it's it's not a strong pool i mean it's it's basically just between him and stefan right um who also I, you know played for a team in europe and never played yeah yeah exactly exactly so uh yeah i do think that has a lot to do with it i think um if a, a better keeper did come up, uh, there's the guy that's at Chelsea now, and I'm 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 uh, Slolina, yeah, Slolina. Yep, came from Chicago Fire. Yep, and I'm I'm sure you know I don't I don't think Turner's spot is necessarily secure until 2026. But I mean, Slonina's in a weird situation too, so it'll just be uh you know an area to watch. I think. Yeah. Okay. Agreed. All right. Well, let's move on to the uh, to the defenders then. Um, Juz, uh Ben White appeared in every single league game. Um, I don't know if it was every European league game, but it was it was pretty close. Um, obviously changed from centre-back to right-back this season. Where are you at with Ben White's season? All right, so this one may be a little bit controversial, but I gave Ben White an A-. minus. Um, <clears throat> I thought he was really, really good in, in, in right-back. Uh, you know, from like kind of a center back conversion. I know he had some shaky moments. I, I can't name the exact games, but I remember watching a couple where I was like, you know, 
Yeesh. But I, I still thought he um, he was overall very good in a regu- uh, a relatively new position. Um, the fact that he did play 38 games uh, was surprising to me. Um, and I, I think that raises his score a lot, as we'll talk about, you know, with some other people on this list, you know, availability is huge. Um, he's at an age where he's, you know, right before his prime. So I'm curious to see, you know, how, how much better he gets, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's mostly, I think how good he did, um, you know, converting from center back to right back and the versatility and being able to play both for me. Pass. Uh, yes, it's a difficult one. Um, I, I would say not difficult in assessing if he was good or not, because he was good. Um, it's just giving him a grade, but I would probably say B plus. Um, it, it, you know, we're, we're talking small margins between what Justin has said and what I'm saying. But I, I think maybe, um, I think first the transition, exactly as Justin mentioned, firstly transition to right back. Um, it's not, he was, it wasn't what was assumed to be his preferred position or natural position but he's he's improved it um not only has he adapted to it he's improved that right back situation um he's been adventurous but I think there are the games where he he was there were certain games where he was well below par and Man United speaks to mind I know that there are a handful of games so I'm going hard on him for, for, for putting him at B plus for those reasons but that you know, to, to, a difference between an A and a B can be things like that. But I remember that Man United game, he was taken off at halftime. Um, there were a few others I, I can't um, individual, but I know that there were games where he went a little bit missing. But um, I thought overall he was excellent. And um, uh, I'm saving the A's for the absolute best performance, but he's definitely close. So for me, B+. Plus. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I've, I've gone with a, with a straight B. Um, I think the positional change really worked for him. I think he's a better right-back than he is a centre-back. That's not to say he's a bad centre-back. I just think he's a better right-back. Um, a couple of bad performances, like you said, Pass do stick in the mind. The United one, especially because it was such a big game. And to, to play the way he did in that game, and a lot of it was down to the fact that he got an early booking. Um, and also, I believe he'd been unwell going into that game because I remember we all said straight after I wouldn't be surprised if we found out he wasn't well and then we did find out that he wasn't well um but that was you know that's one that sticks sticks in the mind um and I think the other thing that that is in Ben White's favor here is after Tommy went down in the Lisbon game we literally had no other choice right we we didn't have another right back and he managed to play every minute from that point forward and I think that's a big testament to him. And I think you have to you have to give him props for that because there was, you know, there was never there's never a time with with Ben White really that you go into a game and think, oh God. Do you know what I mean? Like we've yeah. seen it before where we've had some fullbacks and you're going in and they're up against a, they're up against a winger that's either a little bit quick or a little bit tricky, and you're thinking, Jesus Christ, we're in trouble today. I don't ever get that feeling with Ben White. Even when he had that bad game against Rashford or or a bad game here and there, I never feel like he's in any sort of trouble. Um, so I yeah. think for me, I think for me, a B is a B is fair. And I think you, you know, again, I the bit that interests me is that clearly right now, and it's in a transfer pod, so we're not going into all that. But we are after a right back. We all we all know that. Whether it's the guy from Ajax or whoever it is, we are after a right back. Just 
I don't know if we went into last season with this as a plan or if we went into last season with Ben White at right back and Saliba at centre back because Tommy Asu was injured and it just happened to work and we stuck with it. I have the feeling that it was actually a plan and not just something we stumbled on. But do you think there's a chance that we're going to see Ben White usurp this summer? Um, first off, I, I agree with you. I think it was, uh, I think it was part of the plan. Um, but I also, you know, I think we all know that maybe until he saw him in the flesh, uh, Arteta was not quite convinced from Saliba. So, you know, it's kind of hard to say. Um, I, at least this upcoming season, no, I think Ben White is, is pretty solid there. Um, I really like, I, I like timber but um i don't think he's going to be quite ready to step into a starting role just yet and i don't think he's going to be he's a great player uh i've seen him quite a few times but i i don't think he's um you know he's going to have an adjustment period and, and whatnot too i think there's definitely going to be some good competition between them but i think ben white's pretty solid for for the for the next season and uh you were at the uh johan cruyff arena last week it's a shame we didn't know about timber then you could have left a little note on his uh on his kit or something in the dressing room. Yeah, I, I was actually, yeah, it was a great experience. And, uh, and yeah, that, that was too bad, but, um, but yeah, really, really cool experience. So. All right. Next one up pass. You want to take us away this time with uh, Takahiro Tomiyasu? What, just before, um, was that the Ajax arena you were at? Yeah. Yep. You should have uh, put the uh, lyrics of the Bob Marley song that they sing. Everything <laughs> would be all right. Yeah. <laughs> Three little birds. <laughs> yeah. Did you, you see their kit from last year? The the Marley kit was pretty sweet yeah. too. Yeah. yeah, very yeah. cool. Very cool. Um Tomiyasu, uh jeez, oh, I'm trying to remember when he played. <laughs> you um, there's a couple of these as I was doing them, and you yeah. kind of forget that they started the season or or played a few games at the start. I was like that with uh not to not to get jump ahead or anything, but I was like that when I fought a Sambi Laconga. I was thinking, well, wasn't he on loan all season? Turns yeah, out he yeah. wasn't. I know. So I had to go back and, you know, and, and refresh the old memory. Well, well Tomiyasu obviously had, um, you know, that fantastic game against Liverpool where he debutised at left-back, which surprised everyone, and he had Salah in his pocket. Um, so, you know, he's he, he, you know, there are games, obviously, I remember. And then there were games where it was pretty atrocious. Remember that Europa League game, I believe? Was it... Um, I can't remember the team, but he was really bad. And um, his uh, crosses were all off. I think it was a Europa League. I'm, I'm, uh, Tommy, yes, I'll give a D. I'll give a D. I think he's he's come in on, on occasions um, like Liverpool and performed well. Then there were games where he was not really that good. And then he's obviously been out for... Uh, crucial parts of the season um, hasn't really had a, a, a real run in the team, but I, I think a D is probably where I'd have him at. Jazz? Uh Yeah, I went with D as well. Um, and look, I, I like the player a lot, and I think you know when he's when he's fit, you know he, he is a good fit. Uh, I like him in that right back spot. I like him when he's deputized at left back. You know we know he can play center back, even though I'm struggling to remember a time he's done it for us yet. But um, so all across the back line, you know he he's useful. Um, but you know I go back to just availability, and this is the second season in a row now where 
um, a long-term injury is kind of uh, partially hurt. Well, it didn't really hurt our season too much this time with Ben I, I White. Think but... it, I'm going to jump in there just because I think it did hurt our season. I think at it the, destroyed our season, actually. At the end, yeah, for sure. But, um, you know, <clears throat> I uh, maybe, well, yeah, I'm going to go with the D. <laughs> Well, uh, so I've gone with a D minus, and I mean, to me, this is just the story of his Arsenal career. It's it's injuries. Um, yeah. At the end of the year, we desperately needed him. Saliba was out. We had to play holding, which no one wanted to do, and that was simply because Tommy Asu wasn't there to play right back, so we could move Ben White inside or or play centre back as he's well capable of doing. Yeah, that's um, fair. And once again, we've got to a crucial part of the season where we need him, and he's not there. And and you can say that injury against Sporting was a freak. He slipped on the pitch, he, he stretched, um, and it is freak. But the problem is, when you've got the history that Tommy Asu has at ours, it's hard not to say that players slip on the pitch every week and their knees don't fall apart. And it's also... You know, it's also easy to say, well, you know, why is he slipping on? The, why is he slipping on the pitch? Everyone else played on that, played on that pitch. So, uh, I think it's it's hard to find the mitigating circumstances at this point for Tommy Asu. Um, we're going to come on to other players later on where we've got similar issues. Um, but I just, I just think again, when when it mattered, he he wasn't there, and it's becoming it's becoming a habit for him missing these big games. Pass with the fact that we are so clearly chasing a right back, um, assuming that Ben White is staying at right back, which I would assume he, he is. Do you think this means that Tommy Asu is going to move over to the cover of left back? Do you think he's just going to be a jack of all trades at the back, or or do you think we're we're going to try and move on if we can? I, I think um, uh, cover at left back. I would think because I I don't know what's going on with Tierney. I mean, there's rumours that we he could be staying or. Uh, so I don't know what's going on there, but I think irrespective of whether he stays or not, I think Tommy Yasu's ahead of him at left back. Um, so I, I think that's probably where we will have him uh, cover for left back or cover for the left side of the uh, central defence, even though we do have cover there now, Kivior, but, you know, maybe um, uh, something happens on that front. Um, so I, I think that's where they, they'll position him and be a third choice right back, I guess, if we do get a right back uh, in. Um for uh, uh, for competition for Ben White. Yeah, I would agree with that. And, and just the versatility, like I think we all started this summer thinking we were going to sign a centre-back, right? I think we all looked at it and went, right, what we need is a centre-back, blah, blah, blah. If we sign Timber, Timber can play centre-back. I, You know, he's only five foot ten. I don't think he's being bought to play centre-back, but he can play there. All of a sudden, we've got three right-backs that can play centre-back and one that can play left-back as well. Is that a way of saving a player, basically? So you don't need that extra centre-back because Tomiyasu or White or Timber can all play there as well as at right-back? Yeah, I think so. Um, <clears throat> I think... Uh... I think Timber is going to be is going to be a, a right-back for us, probably. Um, but I think, uh, you know, we all know... Mikel likes these like uh, versatile players. And I think being able to, uh, you know, dip into the market of someone that can play both kind of helps us, you know, save in having to fill out two positions instead of just one. So, um, 
yeah, I see Timber as a, is a primarily a right back, and uh, I think that'll be just about all we do defensively this summer. What do you uh, think? <clears throat> yeah, I, I think you're probably right. And I think another reason for this, and Pass, I'll bring you in on this one. We're, we're seeing these big contract extensions, right? We're seeing Martinelli signed a 200 grand a week contract. So did Saka. We're seeing the extensions. Saliba's is going to be a pretty penny when that's done. Plus the signings that we're bringing in are big signings on big money. Havertz is going to be on big money. If we finally get this damn rice deal over the line, that's going to be big money. Tommy Asu came for 20 million quid from Bologna you can't imagine that he's on big money and you're going to need some of these players in the squad to balance out these big earners now I did see a report that Timber was going to be on 150 grand a week quite frankly I think that's laughable I would be absolutely shocked if he was on half of that when he joins because I don't think people realize how much money that is I think in that last study we only had seven players on a hundred grand a week or more. Like people throw these numbers out like every Premier League player's on it, when in fact half of the Premier League don't have a single player on a hundred grand a week. But as with all these extensions and stuff, it's important to have someone like Tommy who's who's probably on fifty grand a week, um, which obviously is still a lot of money, but not that top end money taking up your wage bill. Yeah, uh, he he's um I mean it it will be interesting to see um if what his I think this season will really determine whether there's going to be a future for him at the club and whether he feels there's going to be a future for him. So um, I, I think this this season will define whether or not he would renew or whether we're going to um, cash in on him. But he's definitely one that you want to... I, I wouldn't look to sell, even with the injury problems, because of the versatility he brings. And he's a very disciplined player. He's a very professional player. And he's not on extortionate wages, um, like you mentioned. So um, I think it will be, I know we say this nearly every season, but I think this particular one will be defining for him as to whether there is a future beyond um, where we're at at the moment. Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. He's got two years left on his deal as of the end of next season, I believe. So I think mm. he's got three years right now. And that's the point where you have to shit or get off the pot, right? You, you either yeah. renew him or you or you move on. So I think next season is a big one for for Tommy Asu, and he's, you know, he, he's got to stay fit. And the worrying thing for me this year with him is that even with minimal game time, he still couldn't stay fit. Do you know what I mean? He wasn't even the first choice, and still he's picking up injuries. So that's the that's going to be the big thing. The, the, can he stay fit? That's I think that's going to be the big thing. I don't think we have many doubts about him as a player. I think we all like him as a player, um, but. You know the best about the best uh, ability is availability. All right, um, just uh, what you got for uh, Pascal signing of the season, Oleg Zinchenko? Uh, man, looking at it now, I almost feel like I was a little low. I gave him a B plus. Um, <clears throat> I think he did really well uh, offensively, but he obviously had uh, a couple moments where he struggled uh, especially like 1v1 defending but you know like I said when I think about it I mean he he kind of totally transformed the way we play uh ridiculously high technical level um and you know I expect him to be even better next year just having you know a, a year with the the team under his belt and people being more familiar with uh you know how he can just kind of pop up anywhere too um but yeah, overall, I mean, I, I, I love the player and uh, I think he had a pretty strong season. 
I, I worry about his fitness a little bit, but I think he did pretty well this last season. So yeah, I gave him a B plus. <clears throat> As- uh, I'll, I'll give him an A minus actually because I think um, uh, as what Justin alluded to was the transformational side I think it has played a massive massive role in he's one of the key players that have made a difference for us this season so because of that I would want to give him a little bit more um, because that left side is just it, it, it's basically ended Tierney's career at Arsenal that's how fundamental it was. It just changed everything for us. Um, his injury record is a little bit suspect. Um, of course, I'm not pinning that on him, um, but just saying that, that that is something that has occurred a few times and there's there's sometimes we're weighing in anticipation whether he's going to be fit. Um, but when he does play, there are some defensive frailties, which again, come with the territory. Um, a bit like Ramsdale when you're playing from the back. So you can expect there to be sometimes a a um, a slight decline in in his defensive capabilities because of where he's playing and where he's expected to play and contribute. Um, but I think overall he's been superb. He's been one of the outstanding players for us this season. Um, and um, yeah, I, I, so I'd, I'd I'd put him in the A, but the minus section of it. I actually went B plus. Um... Same as Jars. And the reason that he that it's a B plus and not an A is first off because of the missed games, because of the injuries, because it, it, it is a worry. Um that's that was the main reason, really. I mean, the difference between Zinchenko and whoever comes in to replace Zinchenko is probably the biggest gap in the side. Maybe you could look at Erdegaard um dropping down to Fabio Vieira. Um, but I think that, that Zinchenko to whoever's next is probably the biggest thing. You know, we've said it before, having a number 10 at left back allows you to have that extra man in midfield and it just completely changes the game. You you know, what you said, Juz, and what Pascal said before is exactly right. He completely changed us. We we don't score 80-plus goals this season without Zinchenko at left back. And how often do you say that about a left back? Like, that that is truly mad that you look at it that way. But it's it's absolutely true. Um, I think he's he's been so transformational to the team. And if he can stay fit next year, and it wasn't terrible this year. I mean, he played 26 league, started 26 games, came on a sub as, for one in the league, played a couple in the Europa as well. So it's not like he was out for, you know, half the season or anything. But I, I, I do still think it's a bit of a worry that when he goes down, We've got no one, and I don't think we can get anyone else to play there. Do you know what I mean? It's not like players like him grow on trees. You're not just going to go out and get a like-for-like replacement. So for me, it's a B plus, but it's it, it could have been an A um, if it wasn't for the injuries. And the other thing is, I think we had such a good season, um, and we had so many good performance, good performers. If you're grading like that, it's hard. To, you don't want to give everyone an A. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So it's um, it, it takes very very special performances to get into the A. And I also think there's a lot more to come from a lot of these players, which is another reason I'm kind of not giving them the top marks because I just think there's more there's more in there. Um all right, so uh Josh, you wanna you wanna start Kieran Tierney for us? Uh sure. <clears throat> and I think this is one of those where I gave him a grade, you know, based on uh his situation. So I gave Tierney a C. And the reason being is that he wasn't called on a lot this season. You know, I mean, like we said, Zinchenko was uh, nailed on when he uh, 
when he was fit. But um, I thought pretty much every time Tierney played, he was pretty good, even if it was a little unspectacular. Um, he doesn't fit the system really at all, but he always tried to do what Zinchenko does, trying to pop up in those areas and 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 come into midfield, even if he wasn't the best at it. Um, he also, I thought, I mean, and this is probably because he didn't play that much, but, you know, he's, he was fit most of the season too, which is great for Tierney because that's, you know, obviously been an issue in the past. Um, man, watching him play a couple times this year, he was uh, way faster than I remember too. So, um, you know, that, that was kind of cool to remember. Um, and then, you know, he had, he had one or two really great appearances that, uh, that sub appearance uh, in the the later half of the season, I thought was really good. So yeah, I gave Tierney a C. Pass. Um, I'm being a bit harsher actually on him. I'll give him a D because uh, I think um, as much as I, I like Tierney, I like what he brings in terms of you know his personality and uh, he, he he you can never say he doesn't give it his all. But I just think the disparity between the system we're playing and what Arteta expects from his players is so vast. Um, uh, when he comes in, um, you really see it. And it's very noticeable that his style of play is just not in tune. Not to say it's been an awful performance, but it's just not in tune with with what the how the team wants to play. Um, so uh, he's also obviously not played a lot which is um, plays plays a big part as well. But I, I just see it more and more. That's why there's always this kind of uh, anticipation and uh, hope that Zinchenko is fit because it makes such a difference when Tierney comes on, when he plays. He brings defensive stability, that's for sure. But from an attacking entity, there's a, there's a massive disparity between the two. And uh, so because of that, I'd, I'd probably put him at a D. All right, well, on brand for me, um, I'm giving him the lowest grade. <laughs> I'm giving him a B minus. Um, and, and part of the reason was a lot what to do with what Paz says. The difference between him and Zinchenko is so vast. And I just I just can't bear the thought of another season of watching him lump the ball into Rosette or smack 50 crosses into the box. I just I just don't want to do it. Um, I think he's overrated as a defender. I think the goal at one of the goals at West Ham was, was hugely his fault and it gets brushed over because he's Kieran Tierney. And if it had been Zinchenko, I think he'd have been absolutely mullered for the Boeing goal at, at West Ham. Um, but j- just generally, I just don't think he fits in this team. And I think, spoiler alert to, to going forward, I don't think it's any different to Rob Holding. I just don't think that you can play the way we want to play with a player of Kieran Tierney's ability at left-back any more than you can do it with Rob Holding at centre-back. I think they're both players who would be good players for other teams just not our team. And that's why for me it's a it's a D minus because I just don't I just don't think he's up to this level. And it, it might be it might be harsh, but that's just that's just where we're at. Um on the terms of a sale, I you know I never believed that Newcastle were interested in, in in him this summer. Like I just I just don't believe it. I don't see how that fits with their projects. I don't think he's an improvement on what they've got. And I think for where they're looking to go he'd be in the same situation there that he is here. I just don't see why he would go. Um, do you think part of the reason, past that these talks have turned out that he might be staying is just because we've literally had no bids for him? It, it seems like that. Also, I don't even know where the Newcastle rumours came from. I never really saw it from credible journalists. There was always this assumption that Newcastle were in for him, but 
I think it was more based on what people think, how if they think he's the type of player that would be suited for Newcastle, maybe that's it. But I never saw anything credible relating him to Newcastle. Um, It does seem like that. It does seem like that. It's surprising because I still think there'd be teams out there for him. I mean, there's teams out there for Scott McTominay. So I feel, you know, someone like Tierney is more than adequate for a, a team that's, you know, a West Ham. I think you've mentioned that. Someone who's a bit more direct, has that, you know, Moyes S type of manager uh, there. So um, I, I would would think that, that that would be. But if it is him staying, then I think there's a realisation that, that what's out there, it, either there's nothing out there, which I doubt, but what's out there is not really where he'd want to go. I think as much as well, though, um, Jazz, I'll bring you in on this, might be the fee. There's a rumour that we're looking for 30 million. Um, I personally don't see that. I just don't see us getting 30 million for a left back that we clearly don't want. Um, do, you, do you think there's anything in that? And, and where do you think, if we do get rid of him, the fee might end up? Oh, uh, this, I mean, you, you know, I think both Paz and I like Tierney a little, like, you know, more than you do, obviously. Um I think 30 million would be pretty fair for him to be honest. Uh, you know, he, he's got the injury record. Um, I think this is probably the thing that hurts him the most. I don't really think the fact that we don't want him uh, is going to hurt his availability. Maybe his price a little bit, but um, yeah, going back to the Newcastle thing, it is funny. I feel like just because, you know, it's in the North and you know, it, it's so weird. You guys are right. I, I don't think I've ever seen like a credible journalist uh, to, to pin that. So that that's really funny. But yeah, I, I'd put him at about thirty million. Okay, yeah, you're, you're definitely higher on him than me, which I don't think is going to surprise anybody. So, yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, well, let's let's leave the first half there. Um, we'll come back and we'll do the uh, the centre halves and the and the defensive midfielders. So we'll see you on the other side of the break. Hey guys, just a couple of quick halftime announcements. We would really appreciate it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. It really helps us reach a wider audience, and we thank you for your support. Also, don't forget to check out our socials. We are The NN Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We try and put out some cool content, so give us a like or a follow and help us build our Guna community. Welcome back to the Non-Negotiable Podcast. This is part two of our season ratings. Um, so we're going to kick off the centre-backs now. Um, and Paz, we'll start with you and we'll start with uh, Big Willie. William Saliba, uh, 27 league games before his injury and two sub-appearances. Um, obviously a key member of the side. What have you got? Obviously, as you know, I love I love Saliba, um, but I'm not trying to dictate this just by my love for him. I'm going to give him a B. Um, I think um, at the start of the season, unbelievable. He was fantastic for me. He was emblematic of, of the confidence the team had, but also, again, like Zinchenko, a player that offers us something completely different in terms of our build-up play. He's just a slick centre back, he's um he's great on the ball, he's got great awareness. I think for someone of his age, he's got incredible poise. Um I think the only thing that probably downgrades him from a B plus or an A to a B is um more because after the World Cup I think he went through a bit of a lull, wasn't at his best. I know defensively we weren't great anyway at that point, but I think he 
didn't play. He 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 wasn't the player that we saw the first half of the season, and obviously his injury, his injury meant that he missed a big portion of the second half, which which in a way also elevates him slightly because it showed how much we missed him. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd I'd stick with a solid B for him. I think he's been one of our outstanding players. And Jazz, what do you think of a big Willie? Well, I gave him an A minus. Um, I thought he had a really, really good, you know, first season in the Prem, especially for his, uh, his, his age. Um, you know, really the only reason I didn't max him out was because of the injury. I mean, pauses, right. Uh, he did have a, a little dip post world cup, but, um, I think he was almost, almost as transformational as, as Zinchenko, not quite there, but I mean, he, he was huge and, you know, just being able to play out from the back to be able to like carry into midfield before he, he throws a pass out is just really impressive. And I think he's got potential to be one of the best center backs in the world. Um, so yeah, A minus. <clears throat> and I've got him uh, a B plus. Um, I thought it was an incredible debut season. I, I, I really did. And I think without the injury, I think it, it could easily have been could easily have been an A. Um, you, you have to downgrade him for the injury. But like you said, pass... Not only that, but the biggest compliment might be how bad we were after the injury because it mm. shows you exactly what he what he brought to the table. And I, I think you're right, Judge, that it, he was a transformational player because he allowed us, again, you know, the way that Zinchenko allowed us to control games with that extra midfielder and become a ball-dominant team from the side we've been over the last few years, ever since ever since the Emery debacle, really, when we turned into a 35-possession, hope-to-nick-a-goal kind of team. This allowed us to go back to being that front-footed team that that kept a high line. You know, we we spoke about this past the other week, but him and Gabriel, for me, that's the best partnership we've had since Adams and Bold. Um, Pascal said maybe you could argue Campbell and Torre, which you you can. Um, and what have they got in common? They're they're brilliant one-on-one defenders. You can leave them on their own against players, um, and I think that that allowed us to play the way. The way we played, it allowed that line. It allowed us to squeeze the play up. It allowed us to press high. And I, I don't think you can really say enough about what a what a debut season it was. Um, which which sounds mad because we've had him for what three or four years, and it's his debut season. <laughs> yeah. But but just how important was it to get that contract nailed down with all the European big boys sniffing around? We know PSG were interested, um, and we got we got it done. Yeah, it was massive. Um... Probably the most, you know, right under right under Saka, and I'm I'm really glad because I'm sure there's going to be competition for him. I mean, he he's just insane for his age, um, you know, massive. I mean, he doesn't really have a, a weak side to his game. I'm not saying he's perfect yet, you know. Obviously, for his for his age, he's he's really good, but I don't I don't really see uh, like a glaring weakness in his game, and and uh, I think. Europe's elite are going to be sniffing around him a lot. So, yeah, the contract is just massive, right under Saka for me. Yeah, I think I think we'd all we'd all agree with that. It's just it, it it's so important to tie players like that that down. And Paz, it says a lot about the club that someone like that with that interest in him is willing to sign that deal. And you know, a lot of the players we're attracting now this summer, I think, is a consequence of everything that's going on at the club, and not least the fact that players like Saliba, Saka, and Martinelli are signing them deals. Yeah, I, I, I was actually just thinking that because I think that's uh, for me that that's probably the biggest achievement they had this season when it came to the contracts. I'm not saying 
I'm not uh, minimizing the other ones because they're in, they're in their own right really really important. But I think why I say this is a real big coup from Arsenal was because Saka there was an inevitability that he would sign. Martinelli made it publicly known that he was going to sign. Um, uh, Ramsdale, I mean, I don't think anyone would ever doubt that Ramsdale was not going to sign. Um, Gabriel too. But Saliba was always the doubt because obviously, as you mentioned, he's been at the club for a few years, but there's been difficult times for him. He's not been a, a regular by any means. He hardly played. In fact, he sorry, he never played until he actually came and made his debut pre-season. So um, <clears throat> this is someone I think that there was a lot of ground to cover for Arsenal in a very short period of time. And they did that impeccably well. And obviously it helped the fact that he was in a good place. The team was in a good place. So I, I, for me, I think that was a really, really big sign up for us because a player like him, I think you mentioned it, Gab, you could see him in another shirt. You could see him in a Real Madrid. You could see him at PSG. He hasn't got maybe that affiliation with Arsenal like the others do. So I, I, I for me, that's this, this one was massive. Yeah, and I think the only... The only risk to this deal is the injury. Um, mm-hmm. Back injuries are funny. And, you know, we, we don't know. There's no point in talking about it because we don't know anything about it. So we've just got to hope that that back injury heals up and he can start next season like he played this season. Because if he does that, we, we're going to be a force again. Um, yeah. All right, Juz, uh Big Gabby. Gabriel Magalash. I gave Gabby an A. Um, I think he marshaled the defense really well. He was consistently good for most of the season. Um, you know, I think I think one of the most impressive things about uh, Gabrielle is that he, uh, you know, he was elite even next to, well, Saliba, of course, but next to Holding, next to, uh, you know, a, a key viewer that, it, that hasn't even been here very long. And uh, he was consistently great even when he was kind of carrying his defensive partner a little bit. Um, and then, you know, we've talked about this on the, on the pod, uh, a couple times, but you know, the fact that he does the, uh, basically the job of a center back and a left back with how much Sinchenko roams and he still does it, you know, so well. So, uh, yeah. an A for Gabriel. Love it. Has. Uh, yeah, he's in the A, but he'll be an A minus. Um, it's only because I have other players ahead of him, uh, just slightly as who I would grow. have. I think he's been the best defender. Uh, for us, along obviously with Zinchenko, because I asked him um, a minus, but um, I think he's been fantastic for us. I think um, he was the first to sign his contract, renew his contract. Um, I think he's grown a lot. He still has this rush of blood moments on occasions. It's going to happen. He's only, what, 23, 24. Um, so it will happen. But I think he played extremely well with Saliba. compliments him perfectly. He's also becoming a bit of a leader in that team. He's a real personality. Um, he had a superb season. Um, and yeah, so he deservedly is is definitely in the A department. So I'll give him A minus. Yeah, and I'm going to go with an A minus too. I think he's uh, he's easily the most underrated player we've got from the outside. The disrespect he gets is, is quite amazing. He reminds me a little bit of Steve Bold in that, right? Boldy never got the never got the plaudits he deserved. He, he didn't get the England recognition that he deserved. And and Gabriel's kind of the same thing. I mean, right, even down to Brazil being mad enough to ignore him. Um, mm. I think he's been dependable. He's solid, reliable. He plays every minute of every game. He played all 38 league games. And I think sometimes it's easy to take a player like that for granted as well. 
you know what I mean? He's just always there. We always used to have a saying years ago, we used to come out of games back in the early 2000s and uh, me and my cousins are moaning him around and you'd get back to the car and you'd say, who was um, who was man to match today, right? And we'd start going through who was the best player. And then someone would go, oh, and obviously Paddy. And then everyone in the car would go, well, well yeah, Vieira was man to match, but who else? And, and I think Gabriel is kind of not at that level, but it's that point where you kind of, you expect it from him um, and it goes kind of unnoticed how good he is. And from the outside, like I said, I think I don't think other fans realise and other teams realise how good he is. No one, certainly no one tries to move on him. <laughs> they all try and go on the other side because you ain't getting anything, anything out of him. So I think that was a that was a pretty easy one for all of us. So I think the next two are going to be uh, a little bit more difficult. So, um, Juz, what did you have for Rob Holding? gave him a D plus and listen, I, I, I don't want to pile on Rob. Um, we all know he's, you know, he's, he's been here a long time now. Um, and he is, he, you know, just straight up, he's really not up to par with the rest of the squad. Uh, he's kind of um, a, a, a relic of, um, you know, previous administrations, you know, he's not an Arteta player, but I mean, I, I like the guy he puts in good effort. He's solid defensively. He's good in the air. Um, you know, we, we all know where the season kind of fell apart and I think it's, it's easy to pin it on Rob, but I think despite his shortcomings, he still was solid in and of himself. He just, you know, affected the way the team played, you know, so, so badly. So yeah, I gave him a, a, a D plus. Pass. Uh, I'll give him a D. Um, I, I think he, kind of echoing what Justin said I think he's uh I like him as as a as a person and as a player in terms of his professionalism again it's a similar concept similar thing to Tierney you just see when Saliba's not there and holding comes in it's a it's it's a totally different game it's a totally it's just not the way we want to play but I don't think I think when he's in a stretch of more than three games, you see it and it be, you see it more than ever and it becomes a real problem. When you've got him against Man Cities of the world and, um, you know, the the Liverpools of the world, better teams, you really are founded, found out. But I don't think it's as bad to put him lower than a D um, because I think he still has had uses as a sub when he brings on Rob Holding as a sub, that typical idea when he brings him on as a third defender he's he's always been effective in that sense um so i don't want to go too hard on the guy but yeah d i wouldn't put any more than that yeah i've gone i've gone d minus um and i've i've actually got written down here some of the criticism was unfair um but the truth is he needs to move on and i i think that's kind of the easiest way to say it right i mean he should have been him and callum chambers should have been moved on 5 years ago they they stayed they were, they should have come in year or two, we see they're not good enough, you move them on. And we didn't do that. And this is a relic, this is a this is a, a hangover from the Arsene Wenger era where he really didn't like selling players because selling players meant he had to buy players. <laughs> it was and, and it's a it's a hangover from that. The fact is that he, he shouldn't be here. Um it's not his fault. He's a nice guy. He's got fabulous hair. And <laughs> it's you know it's just one of them one of them things when you've got someone who is so out of step with the rest of the group. I think it's I think it's a problem. So I think that's that's why I've given him a D minus. Um I do think he'd be a good defender for a low block team though. 
I think if you put him somewhere like West Ham, I, I don't put it this way. I don't think he's any worse than Tyrone Mings, and Tyrone Mings has got international caps. But I don't think if you put Tyrone Mings in this Arsenal side, you'd see anything other than a mess and everybody screaming, "Oh my God, it's Titus Bramble!" So, and I think that's where you are with with Rob Holding is that he's just in the wrong team. Um, Just, I, I know you kind of you you're on the same lines as me with this. Are you surprised that we are, what, two weeks into the window now and that there hasn't been a single mention of Rob Holding's name everywhere? I mean, it's obvious we are going to let him go, um, but he's not been linked with with anybody, even the promoted clubs. You know, no, I'm not really surprised by that. I feel like Rob Holding is going to be one of those kind of guys that goes really late in the window. He's going to be probably, he's probably on tons of teams lists, but I imagine he's like third choice. Do you know what I mean? So I imagine teams will shop around, they'll get their first choices or, you know, or not. And then Rob will be someone that gets picked up right at the end as someone's, you know, third or fourth, third or fourth choice on the list. <clears throat> it, that, I guess that makes sense. Um, Paz, have you got, um, like, what, what sort of team do you imagine being in for holding? What what sort of level do you think he's going to, he's going to be at? Um, I mean, uh, it will be a team that's, doesn't build up from the back most likely um i don't even i it's a, it's that's a tough one you know because i think a lot of the teams now are going through that they 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 they're playing a lot more of a um a uh, passing from the uh, starting from the back and moving their way up so it's a difficult one again you know maybe west ham again but, you know do you think there's do you think there's a chance do you oh, think there's Everton. a chance that um, Holden has to move into the championship? Do you think there's Probably. a chance he doesn't get a Premier League club? It's possible. It is possible. Or abroad. But, you know, where where abroad do you go? I don't know. But uh, it's possible, yeah, a top team in the uh, championship or a um, mid-level team in the Premier League um, that, that, doesn't, that has a Sean Dyche, like Everton or Moyers type of manager um that you know that that can play like a, a, a kind of um a low block and and that that's that's where he would be i would think i hear there's some money sloshing around in saudi arabia i don't know if anyone's, anyone's <laughs> yeah that. yeah apparently but apparently that money dedicated to chelsea at the moment that that's right because they're, they're so desperate to get callum hudson a doy on the books because uh, um, that's that's big, that's what will tip the Saudi league over the edge. Big, big <laughs> signing big signing <laughs> all right um yakub kivi or just go uh, this one was actually a little tough for me, so I gave him a C plus. Um, he his debut, um, it was uh, uh Europa, it was uh Sporting, right? Sporting. Yeah, it, it wasn't the best. Yeah, it was a, a rough debut, and then he got he got dropped for the uh, the second leg because his debut was was not so good. But after you know trying Rob Holt after Saliba went down after trying Rob holding out for a while um, and it not working we brought him in and uh, I thought he actually did pretty good you know the first couple of games he wasn't like tested so it was really kind of hard to say but I think um, he was a much better fit for the team than Rob Holding was uh, the only real mistake that I can remember from him, like, you know, big mistake was at Brighton where he got stepped on and went down and they just scored a header right over him that if he was even just standing, they probably wouldn't have scored. Um, that, that annoyed me a little bit, but overall I thought he was good, especially for a new player in the league, a young center back. Um, 
you know, having to fill Saliba's shoes was always going to be hard. So, yeah, C-plus for me for Keith York. Pass. C. Yeah, he's um, – I, I like him. Um, he's uh, – you know, it's not easy for him to come middle of the season and have to fill in um, for Saliba, who's, you know, massive boost to fill in. Uh, he uh, – yeah, he didn't have the best start to the season. But, again, I think he was thrown in at the wrong time. I, d- I didn't understand that substitute. I remember the Liverpool game. I'm, I'm thinking of the Liverpool game where he – Oh yeah, he came on. Um, and, yeah, and the uh, first thing he did was try and go. Was it through the back of Jot, or he tried to go for it, and he missed completely. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was. I thought it was a wrong sub to make anyway. I, I didn't oh. understand that substitution. I, I think when he started to get into his rhythm, I think he was an effective player, and I think he he definitely has a place in this team um, as part of. Um, He's he's definitely um, one to provide competition at centre back. He's a young player. He does very very well for Poland, and I think he grew in confidence as the season progressed. Um, so yeah, I'd give him a C. Yeah, this is this is the one that I feel like I've been harshest on. Like I look at all the others, and I think they pretty much deserve what I give them. Um, give you, I've given a C minus, and I, I do I do feel like I've been a little bit harsh on him. But he did have that poor debut when he came in. Um, he wasn't trusted to come in, and I know we've got the right-footed, left-footed thing, but it really, it really took us falling apart for Arteta to take holding out and put Kivior in. Um, and I, I thought he was fine most of the time when he come in. I don't think he was great. I don't think he was terrible. Um, like you said, just the the Brighton, the performance against Brighton, I didn't think was great. All told, not just a goal. Um, and I. I I thought he was he was really poor when he came on at Anfield. But again, as you said, Paz, I think a lot of that was Mikel Arteta's fault rather than his mm. fault. I, I think it was a bad sub, at a bad time, um, and it, it really it really caused us caused us problems. And I, I got the idea behind it, but I just didn't think it it worked. I think overall, the jury's still out on Kivior. We obviously, you know, we've seen him in seven league games and a couple of cup games. That's that's not enough to make any sort of of decision. Um, he definitely doesn't look like a left back to me, which which I know a few people mooted. He's definitely a centre back, as far as I can see. Um, but I think the other thing is is that he's sitting behind Big Gabby, and I I don't know how much more in an ideal world I don't think we'll see much more of him next season than we did this season. But you know we can we can hope he uh, we can hope he comes on and we can hope he develops and maybe plays the cup games and and can spell Gabriel every now and again in the in the league um, past. Do you think there's any chance at all that Arteta is going to go with a formation change that's going to basically involve three centre-backs? So you could maybe see Kivior in that back line as well, or even a Timber in that back line as well? Possible. It's very possible. We, we would depend on the new signings that we make. You know, Harvard's has just arrived. There's, there's debate about where he's going to fit in or how is he going to fit in. Um, so he might do a back three to accommodate certain players. Um, he might even revert to a back three during the game. So, you know, um, I, it's very possible that he could do that. I, I don't, I, I'm not discounting that. I know we have our own system of play, but as you saw, as I mentioned before with Pep, that system of play that, you know, we just wouldn't know what system of play he would undertake. And he had very interchangeable players. And I just feel that Arteta seems to be following that model where 
you have such versatility in your team that you can adjust the uh, adjust the formation throughout the game or maybe keep people guessing for the next game. So it's very possible that he could feature more through a system um, change or just part of the, I know you hate that word rotation, but I mean in the sense of not him being, but more in being competition for other players if they get injured or um, if they want to just make one change in the defence to give one a rest or just give him some, a run out, he could very much be part of that. But yeah, I, I I don't discount that at all. All right, well, let's move on to the one I found the hardest. Actually, this was the hardest grade for me, and I, I must have gone back and changed this six or seven times. Um, Judge, start us off with uh, Thomas Partey. <laughs> all right. Uh, so I gave him a C plus. And I agree with you. I think it's really tough. But I got to say, he basically dropped like a full letter grade for me after that uh, shot at the death at Southampton. <laughs> um, that was like one of my least favorite parts of the season. I just have no idea what he was thinking there. Um, look, when he's on, he's on. He's uh, a rare midfielder in that, you know, he's he's good, you know, at all the things defensively. He, he can carry and, you know, pass and, and maybe I'm being too harsh on him. Um, but, you know, it goes to availability with him as well. He did a little better this season, but not a lot. The end of his season was pretty bad. Uh, we think he was carrying an injury. That's never been confirmed, I don't think. But I'm, I'm pretty sure he was, you know, the physio going with him on international duty and whatnot. But, I mean, he got to the point where I was hoping, uh, you know, Jorginho would come in for him, and he he did. Um. But yeah, uh, Party, he's just a weird one because, I mean, he's probably the best player on the team that I really wouldn't mind if he moved on in the summer. Um, so yeah, C plus. Pass? Uh, C minus. Um, I, I just, uh, I, I, at times he looked like the best midfielder in the country in that position and at times he looked like the worst. So it's, um, it's, it's, it, he's, if, you know, again, the injuries at the key moments cropped up. Um, Man United away when we were unbeaten at that time. He went to Man United away. He obviously wasn't available for that. Um, he went missing in that City game, the one where we played them away. He was horrendous in that game. He was horrendous, actually, thereafter, hence Jorginho taking his place. And then there were times when he was outstanding, um, when he actually did turn up in 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 football games but then there was you know even even in a game he was very Jacqueline Hyde where the first half he's terrible and the second half he really comes out and shows what he's made of so it, it was a bit of an indifferent performance by Partey and I think um, probably explains why um, why there's a possibility he could be uh, sold um, so yeah for me C minus I don't think he's been um, I, I don't think he I think he's been outstanding at times but then I think he's been a letdown and his availability again is coming into question. Hands up who had Gaff being the highest on Thomas Party on their uh, bingo card. <laughs> Nobody. Um, well, I've given him a B minus. And first off, I think this season was Thomas Partey's season. I don't think Partey can be better than he was this season. I just don't. I think for large... And this, is, this season really has been his mm -hmm. Arsenal career in a microcosm. I think at times he's been absolutely brilliant. Ash, you're 100% right. He was the best midfielder in the country for, for a few months. He was absolutely awesome. 
he missed games for injuries. He missed big games for injuries. He missed Man City at home. He missed Man United away. And again, that's been throughout his Arsenal career. We've seen him do that. He, he seems to miss the biggest games every season. And then he completely loses form and he plays some absolutely diabolical football. And we've seen this ever since he joined. And this is the thing. I think he's, I think at his best, he's better than Rodri. At his worst, he's 10 rungs lower than Rodri could ever go. And and I just don't think you can have that as the fulcrum of a team. And that's why I'd be happy to see him go. Because I don't think you can have a player whose ceiling is so high and floor is so low at the number six. It's a position that you 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 absolutely need consistency from. Declan Rice is the perfect example. Declan Rice doesn't drop stinkers like Thomas Partey does. He might not be able to play to Partey's ceiling because we've said it before, Partey's a unicorn, right? I don't know any other player in the world that can do what he does in tight spaces, getting the ball off the back line, wriggling free, getting it out at that size as well. I don't know anyone else that can do it. But when he's bad, my God, he's bad. He's terrible. He can't last more than 70 minutes, no matter how no matter how fit he is coming into it, that's his benchmark. And I just don't think you can carry on like that. Um, so I, I would be happy to see us part ways with him. I think it's a, it's a, it's a place where we need a, where we need an upgrade. Just the rumors are that uh, our friends in Saudi Arabia are willing to give us 40 million. Um, they would love him over there. I'm sure he would love it over there. He's going to get paid a hell of a lot of money to play over there. It looks like one that just makes a lot of sense, right? Uh, yeah, and I, I'd, I'd honestly, I'd bite their hand off for forty million. Um, you know, not that I'm in like that big of a hurry to see him go or anything. Um, but you know, that's just more than I would have ever thought we'd get for him at his age with his injury history. Um, so yeah, I, I think you know he's still a, a, a good midfielder. You know, and I, I mean, I think he could still play in the prem, but uh, for that much money. I'd take it and run. Paz, I know you were the, you were the lowest on him out of all of us. And I do think that, you know, there's definitely some recency bias, right? Like you remember the end of the season a lot more than you remember the start. That's just inevitable. Um, do you worry about Partey and Shaka going in the same summer? Yeah, it is worrying. Um, I, I, there is some recency, by, uh, recency bias, but there's also remembering just again the important games that he missed, and that also kind of plays a part in it. And it's not the first season he's done that. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I think it, there is a worry there because the, those are two two mainstay midfielders that we have, and part of the reason why we have been a better team. Um, but there is a point when you have to move on. I just maybe two is a little bit um, extreme. Um, but I, with Justin, I think if they come on with an offer, the Saudi come with an offer that we can't refuse, then uh, then uh, I would take it because he is one of the top earners in the club as well. If you're looking at players like Lavia, who I think is fantastic, but he's only 19 and I don't think he's going to be able to to come in. So it would be interesting to see what he's got planned for that. Because if you're going to make a decision where you've got your two main midfielders coming out, you have to have some idea of what you want to do, which could go back to your point about perhaps a formation change or he has something in the works. Yeah. I just don't think we know who the Shaka replacement is. I think Rice is the Partey replacement. I think if Partey stays, Partey's on the bench. And mm. I, I just don't think we know who the Shaka replacement is yet. 
Um, Moel Nelly, I mean, what can you say? He, yeah. he played one league game, one FA yeah. Cup game, one League Cup game. I mean, I don't even see the point of giving him a rating. He got a new deal. Good stuff. Well done, Mo, and all the best, but he's not playing. Nice guy. Hey, yeah. yeah, yeah. I like El Nenny, but, you know. But that, that's it. Um, uh, Jorginho. So, uh, just start us off, Jorginho. Okay. I actually, uh, I scored him pretty high. I gave him a B minus. Um, this was one that, uh, you know, we were pretty clear on the on the pod. I didn't want him in in January. I just, I, I didn't really, um, you know, think he he would really improve us. And I hate buying, you know, players that are kind of done at Chelsea. We've done it a few times now. But Jorginho really surprised me, actually. I thought he was um, he was pretty good in, in, in most of his, you know, he, felt, he came in for a party, which was awesome. Um, yeah, I, I was shocked at how much I uh, really started to come around on him. And, uh, you know, he showed a lot of, uh, like, leadership and experience. He was kind of coaching from the sidelines. Um, you know, he, he had a couple games where, like, his lack of speed was very apparent. Uh, he had a couple games where I think due to being new in the team, uh, he maybe wasn't where he was supposed to be. And, and, and uh, you know, I'm thinking those uh, those Odegaard misplaced passes right in midfield. Uh, I don't think that happens if, you know, someone like Party is in. But overall, yeah, I, I was really impressed with Jorginho. Um, I think it was a great January signing. I gave him a B minus. Yep. Pass. Uh, B. Yeah, I, I, I liked him. Um, I'm Same sentiments as Justin before he came. I thought another Chelsea reject. I thought, oh, here we go again. Um, but I think he's come in and done a... a he definitely, you know, he rightly replaced party. Um, and I think he he did enough in games for me where I was like, okay, I think that was the right move in, uh, considering we couldn't get Kaisila, that was the right move to make in January to fill in the gaps temporarily. Um, scored that superb goal, well, uh, aid of Martinez, Martinez's head, uh, Aston Villa. So, yeah, I, I, I think his passing was on point. I think he had a, a, a good, I think it was good enough B for me. I've given him a C. Um, he's not my favourite player. I think everyone knows that, but he did fine. I've got no real real qualms with him. Um, Partey obviously melted down and he stepped into the breach. Um, I wouldn't be comfortable if he had to play a lot of minutes next season. But, you know, I, I, I mean, I'm still hoping that, that an offer from Italy or, or even Saudi could, could take him off our hands. I, I I mean, I know that with Xhaka and probably Partey leaving, you'd be a bit worried to lose a, lose a third one in there. But I think if you had Rice and Lavia... And then you got someone to replace Jacara. I I don't think it's something that would cause us a, a, a mega problem. But I mean, the odds are he's probably staying. I'm just hoping he don't have to play too much next year. But yeah, see, I, I thought he was I thought he was fine overall. I mean, you got there's there's no real complaints about how he how he did, and we didn't pay a lot for him. So um, last one today, kids. Um, Albert Sambi Lokonga, and I know two of us here like him a lot more than the other. But I don't think anyone's given him particularly high marks. Just. I gave Sambi a D and look, I do. I like the player and I thought he had a lot of potential, um, but it just doesn't look like he's going to make it. And in the, um, you know, I'm, I'm struggling to remember a good performance he had uh, this season. I know it was, it's been a while now, but the kid's confidence just looks, you know, basement low. Um, it, it's really unfortunate for him, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think he's probably done here. Yeah. So nice. D for me. 
I think by my answer, you can guess which is the one that doesn't rate him so highly. Um, e, I'd give him an E. Um, I, I just didn't see anything. I, I didn't see him do anything in the games he played when he get, when he did play. The vacuum between defence midfield was so obvious. Um, and, uh, you know, it, no coincidence, the games he did play in, we lost uh, most of them. Uh, Man United away, notably, um, where he was pretty appalling in that game. And then, of course, the FA Cup game where he came in as well. We we lost and he was at fault for that goal. I, I just don't see it. I don't see it. I just feel it's, um, uh, you know, didn't do much at Palace, which says everything. Um, don't see where he will head off to, probably back to Belgium, because I can't see any Premier League player, uh, team taking him. Um, but, uh, you know, maybe a nice enough guy, but E for me is close to an F. Yeah, I'm actually with I'm actually with Pass on this one. I, I did go with E and I did flirt with an F as well. Um I, I'm I'm with Jazz. I do think there's a player in there. I just don't think that we've unlocked it. Um I think he might head back to the somewhere else on on loan, actually. Maybe I know Burnley's been mooted because company's there, but I, I wouldn't be surprised to see another loan deal. I don't see us selling him permanently because I think his stock's at the lowest it could possibly be. Um, but his Arsenal career is done. Like there's, there's no doubt about that. His Arsenal career is absolutely done. The performance at Old Trafford was as as bad as any performance we've seen. You know, if the, if the Chambers at Swansea is always the benchmark, right? Chambers at Swansea is the low point. Um, and, I, and I don't think he was far. I don't think he was far off of that. So yeah, for me, I, I actually don't mind the player. I think there is potential there, but someone's got to unlock it. And I thought Vieira might be the man to do it. Of course, he lasted about five minutes after Sambi went there. <laughs> and then Roy Hodgson comes in and Roy definitely didn't fancy him. So so that's it. So hopefully he can get a low move and, and at least do something to repair some of the value because mm-hmm. at the minute he's he's a player that we, we spent... I mean, we took a reasonable gamble on him at 20... Was it 20 million? So we spent a reasonable amount of money on him and, and he's a player that we're looking at getting nothing back from as it yeah. stands. So... We really need a decent, decent loan. So, all right, lads. Well, thanks a lot. That was uh, that was a good one. I I enjoyed that. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll be back at the end of the end of the week with a with a little roundup at a, at a week and everything that's gone on, and then start next week we'll do the attacking side. Anyone got anything to add? Oh, no, we all good. We're good. Uh, all right. Well, thank you for joining us, everybody, and we will see you again next time. Good night. Good night. Good night.